Welcome to Sundoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Emily Miner. And it's been a little bit, as is the norm nowadays, but no apologies. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah, well, some regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, um, thankfully it's been actually a little less than... Um, on our end, it's been forever since we've recorded. It's only been like a few extra weeks since uh, we last uh, put out an episode. But uh, a few things have happened. One thing that kind of like has been causing an issue has been the fact that you might be able to hear a little bit of whining in the background throughout the episode because our foster cat, who was supposedly spayed, wasn't. <laughs> and about a month, two months and... Well, a week ago, seven weeks ago, <laughs> she gave birth to four kittens on our couch. Yeah. And they are lovely and living with us for the time being. And a little loud. So hopefully they'll stop trying to get our attention and uh, let us finish this episode. But uh, this one is probably not going to be very long because I am going to be talking about FTL Faster Than Light. Uh... I think I said this last time, but it is not, that is not like the shortened version and then the long version. The title is FTL colon Faster Than a Light is a roguelike video game. For those of you who don't know, uh, roguelike is a game which is uh, based on like... So loud. <laughs> <laughs> it it is based on like semi-random encounters uh the original game was rogue where it was like based on D D. you go through a dungeon and enemies and rooms and items and stuff are randomly generated ftl is a sci-fi version of that you're not just controlling one character you're controlling an entire crew of a spaceship and you are running away from the rebellion like, you are part of, like, a failing empire, and there's this wave of rebellion ships uh, kind of pushing their way through star systems, and you're trying to stay away from them. A lot of roguelike games are like this in the way, sense that, like, you can go anywhere you want. Like, you can travel back to a place that you've already been to, but they kind of have this slowly moving forward to make you, to force you moving on. Um, if you get caught in the wave, you're just constantly having to fight and you'll probably end up dying. I played a few other roguelikes, and by few other, I mean like two. Um, one I can't even remember the name of. It's the one I showed you at one point. It's by Adult Swim. It's a like point and click adventure. That's, that's the wrong way of putting it. It is a fantasy roguelike. That is made to look like a bunch of old-fashioned like pop-up windows yep. that you have to do everything through. So literally to dodge an arrow, there is a moving pop-up screen that moves and you have to be able to click the button dodge. That one was fun, um, but I didn't, never really got super into it. And the other is Into the Gungeon, which is a like shooter um, bullet hell type thing. You're constantly moving around, getting new guns and new abilities and shooting bullets who are the enemies and everything is a gun and everything is a bullet i don't i don't think you've played roguelikes right no i haven't it doesn't sound appealing to me um 
mostly fighting, which I don't care for. <laughs> um, but I have watched my brother play The Binding of Isaac, which mm. I think is a roguelike. Yeah. So I know the basic concept. Yeah. But I've never played one myself just because it's not super appealing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, most of them are combat-oriented. I'm sure there, there are non-combat roguelikes that'd be very interesting to see um but the main thing is that that i haven't mentioned is that most roguelikes have permadeath like when you die you lose everything or mostly everything some games have like a meta currency that you can use to like buy either upgrades or like non-important things like enter the gungeon you earn money throughout that lets you unlock extra things in the like main hub world before you enter the gungeon um ftl does not have that it's kind of more of a true roguelike what it can do though is that you start out with one ship the kestrel um and then if you ever beat the game you then unlock the next ship or another type of ship that sort of thing um, and yeah, the, the gameplay is pretty straightforward. It's like you're top down, you have a 2D view of your ship and you have all your crewmates and you can assign them each to a role. Like there's like a gunner, a, someone who, an engineer, a pilot, um, everyone can repair things. And as you're doing that, each like character levels up. So the longer they spend time doing one thing, the better they are at that. So you're kind of encouraged to like keep people in the same spot, um, like what I would usually do is have someone to pilot, someone to man the guns and someone at the shields. And then the person at the shields would usually run around and fix anything as like fires and other stuff happened as you were fighting. Um, when you're outside of combat, everything is like clicking on text, choosing what you want to, how you want to approach certain things. Usually very basic, like morality stuff. Do you help the people or do you like ignore them or do you like shoot them that sort of thing um and then when combat happens it's real time you do not get time to think you can pause it but when you pause it's paused for both of you it's not like you can set something up to happen and then like make it go you have you can only pause it to kind of like figure out what's going on make a game plan and then start again and then start enacting those plans um, which I actually kind of liked. It was nice to be able to... The first time it happened, I was so freaked out because I didn't know what was going on. Missiles are coming at you and th all these other things. Um, but I think it works for the most part. Like, it's interesting because you basically have two, like, sets of health. One is your just your hull, and then you have your shields. And the stronger your shields are, the more hits they can take. And so... The enemy has shields, and um, shields completely stop um, lasers, but missiles can go through them. Mm -hmm. So you, like, the main strategy that I kind of set up was missile their shield generator first, and then start shooting them with lasers, because you only have limited missiles, unlimited lasers, and that sort of thing. And there are other weapons you can get as you're kind of going on, but that was kind of, like, my main strategy going forward, and... When I started, it was interesting because I did feel like I was making progress, but I didn't necessarily feel like I was getting much better. I felt like I was understanding the systems, 
but I kind of kept going the same distance and not quite getting there. Um, and this is, I think, the biggest thing with roguelikes that can, like, stop people like me and other people who are maybe not as good at video games, <laughs> uh, where it just gets frustrating that you kind of, like, keep hitting this wall. And technically it's different each time because one time I'm going through and I have, like, ten crewmates because I just happened to, like, free some slaves and uh, do some other, rescue some scientists and I just suddenly am full to the brim with people so I'm never dying from repairs but sometimes like I get farther than I would have other like using another strategy and I'm unequipped for something else on another one I get nobody I'm down to like three people because one of my crewmates died from uh like borders teleporting over and like killing them and I'm barely holding on and I'm just going on to each station, but I know I'm probably going to lose because I can't, I don't have much money and I can't get new people. So it kind of feels like it was pointless. Like it was a learning experience, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm listening. I promise. No, I don't. Um, it sounds like it's kind of balanced in a sort of way where it's like even if you have a certain advantage there's always something to kind of counteract that sort of but in the end like the, the main reason i lost when i had those like 10 crewmates was because i didn't know the game very well and mm -hmm. i didn't quite understand how to like that one i'm pretty sure i ran out of fuel um and if you run out of fuel you're stuck there right and you'll mm -hmm. just die yeah so like there's all these like systems you gotta take care of and I just sort of, like, took a break from it for a while. I considered, like, doing the episode anyway, because I'd been playing it for a little bit. Um, but I went to the subreddit for it, um, where people talk about it, and I generally find, like, going into a community of people who do enjoy it uh, to be helpful to, like, help me enjoy it. It's sort of like, I don't know if I've ever, t ever talked about this on the podcast, I am not a poetry person. Like, poetry is not something I find interesting. I'm not going to buy... A book of poetry but the few times i have i've never taken a poetry course in college but the times i was taking a lit course and we would focus on a poet or a poem i always found it really interesting because obviously the professor knows what they're talking about and other people as they discuss what they think it means or like historical context it becomes interesting to me mm -hmm. um and so i tried to do that with this and it didn't quite work um, because uh, I read through, it was interesting, people talking about strategies and stuff, and most of the stuff I understood, it's stuff I had picked up. There were some, like, intricacies, like how how often a certain random encounter will happen and how to, like, try and force it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that, which is interesting, I'm sure, to someone who's, like, really into the game, but for me, just starting, not really useful. And I don't like having chores in a game like if you've ever like got a game with like collectibles and stuff to an extent that's interesting but i don't want to have to like have a map set up on my phone for me to scroll through and find everything like we've talked about legend of zelda mm -hmm. the korok seeds to me are like a perfect little mix of like they're practically everywhere and you could collect all of them but most of the time, it's unless... absolutely right. There's no need to. Yeah, like, 
it's just for inventory space and other things that are like nice to have but are not like required for the game um and so for this like the main thing i kind of went figured out as i was going through was the suggestion to turn down the difficulty too easy like legitimately make it easier for yourself so you can learn the systems and play through so i did that and the second i did that like i got farther than i've ever gotten um i kind of like crossed that hump that was around about halfway that i had never been able to beat and i got all the way to the end and i don't know what possessed me um but i stopped and i left it alone for like a month wait when after, was this i don't know like a month or two ago okay <laughs> um and i uh the thing you have to understand these games are not long like it takes a, a game can be 10 minutes if you're gonna like like most of my games i'd say were 10 minutes when i was going about halfway and then getting to the end was probably 30 minutes and then I just stopped. Part of it was because I was, like, a little high on it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've never been this far. I don't want to go in there with frayed nerves. I'm just going to, like, I'm going to set it down. And I'll come back later. And by later, I meant later that day or within the week. And then it took me, like, a month to go back to it. Um, and so I finally did. I didn't lose anything. Like, my strategies were still working as I got to the end. Um, and then the final boss is, like, this enormous ship that you have to, like, it has all these subsystems you have to deal with, multiple shields, things like that. Um, and I got, like, this close to beating it. It had, like, three health left, mm -hmm. which in game terms is, like, a few seconds of, like, just three of my lasers managing right. to hit. Like, it was very close, and it felt good, like... Managing all my workers, getting them all in the same place, making sure that, like, I had my um, systems up so that I could, like, see into their ship and see where each person was. I was trying to, like, snipe individual people. You can't do that, but if you blow up their the room they're in, they take damage. Mm -hmm. And so doing stuff like that was really fun. And I got, like, this close, and then I died. I was like, oh, man. And then I uninstalled the game. <laughs> because... You'd done what you wanted I, to do? I got as far as I felt like I needed to. Sure. Like, the fact of the matter is, I didn't love the game. Yeah. Like, um, it's just really not my cup of tea. It was interesting while I was doing it. Sorry. <laughs> it was interesting while I was doing it, but, like, I couldn't get deep into it. And I can get deep into games that I don't even play, like... I know so much World of Warcraft lore. <laughs> it's it's stupid. I don't even want to know. <laughs> but I don't play it. You've literally never played WoW. I have. I played like I played like a two week free trial or whatever. Sure. With my brother on our computer that could barely handle it back in like two thousand seven or whatever. Um yeah, like, I, I I need something to get into the game. And there is lore to this game, and there are things that could be, like, I'm sure very interesting to, like, dig your fingers into and, like, really mess around with the systems in the game. But, like, it didn't grab me. And I don't know how much of that is because of 
this game specifically, but I do know a part of it is the just the roguelike genre in general. Um, because I like progression. I like seeing numbers go up from leveling up. I like having increasing levels of complex complexity, um, not just, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about FTL, I don't know how the system works, not just enemies that hit harder and um, take less damage. Like when we, when you start a new game plus for Legend of Zelda. Mm, so frustrating. There's no new systems. Monsters just take longer to kill. Right, it's just. And they hit harder. Yeah, it's just harder. And it makes you more careful, I guess, but it doesn't change the fundamental gameplay. Yeah, not to mention the fact that I already play ultra carefully. Yeah. Like, (laughs) infuriatingly, I think you would say. Yeah, when I would watch her play, I would just be tearing my eyes out, like, oh my gosh, you have such great armor, and you're just walking around these... Uh, was I would just, like, walk as if around, they're gonna kill you yeah i just walk around like dropping bombs secretly and like hiding like i was i hate like required stealth stuff in games but that's how i would play the game mm-hmm. um anyway sorry for the tangent no yeah but <laughs> but and, yeah like it, be, it being harder didn't make it any more interesting yeah. i don't know if that's how um it works for ftl um I just know that, like, that's sort of how it felt when I went from medium to easy difficulty. It really just felt like I was in the same amount of fights, I was in the same amount of, like, encounters, I was just taking less damage, or getting hit less, and I was hitting them more. Um, And having played through the entire thing, it's like, alright, I get the game, and I don't love it, and so I'm done. Uh, And... Because I think that the main thing with roguelikes is that there is progression. And I'm not talking about, like, meta currency that you earn that you can keep to, like, either make things easier or change things around for later runs. I mean, like, progression in roguelikes is personal. It's supposed to be you learning... The gamer, right. Yeah, you, the player, learning the systems, learning the game, and being able to get farther and getting better. And that's really, really cool, I think... But sometimes that's not enough for me. Um, I mentioned uh, Enter the Gungeon before, and uh, whatever that <laughs> like OS-looking game for uh, uh, from Adult Swim, I those both had their own issues. The Adult Swim one was just like again, I played a single character. I actually like got like a decent way into it and the first character died and i was like oh wait i forgot this was a roguelike i really liked that character i liked what i was doing the whole thing i had set up i don't want to do that again i tried playing with another class or something else and i was just like man i just feel like i've lost something and it wasn't just like oh i put so much time in it like it was literally just i had a connection with like this character and I want to keep going um, with it, which can be a problem, especially since I play D&D and other things, and usually death is a possibility. It's not fun, mm-hmm. um, but, like, I don't have that feeling with D&D. Like, I've had characters come very close to dying, and while I don't want that to happen, I get very excited at the thought of 
building a new character mm -hmm. because I paid all this money for these books. I should use them sometime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, like Enter the Gungeon, I've never gotten past the second level. I've I can get past the first level pretty easy now. I can't get past the second level ever, and I, there might be some difficulty settings that I don't know about, but I, I don't know of them, and I keep coming back to that every once in a while, like, get into the groove of things, and then I just keep hitting that wall, and that's, like, its own thing where I get frustrated with this. This one was different. Like, I got past a wall by lowering the difficulty, but once I did that, I felt like I was done. And I didn't need to go any further. There's, I mean, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, like, uh, another game that I've been super interested in, but, like, the roguelike tag has been keeping me away from it, is Hades um, from Supergiant. They made Bastion, Pyre, um, Transistor, all these games that are visually very, very cool. Um, but... None of them have been my cup of tea. I say none of them. I've played one. Um, Transistor didn't just like the gameplay, like barely got past the tutorial. Just wasn't for me. Um, I really want to play Pyre because it looks really interesting. Again, super cool art, super weird world of like underworld uh, afterlife basketball. <laughs> um, what like the it's hell? so weird. And then Hades has this cool take on the Greek pantheon of gods and mythology where you're playing Zagreus, who is a briefly mentioned child of Hades um, in, in some lore or whatever, or a poem, for some ancient poem that they turned into a main character who's trying to escape hell or Hades. And um, again, super great art. I like all of like the interactions you can have with other characters. There's like tens of thousands of lines of dialogue for each individual thing that could happen based on like what weapon you're using, who you've talked to in what order, what wow. bosses you've recently beat, who killed you last time. And I really love that. I've watched like three separate streamers play like through the first two bosses at this point. And I really want to play, but... One, I, did, I haven't liked the other uh, game they I, they made that I've played, and it is a roguelike. And I'm like, even though it's got all this stuff, because one of the th main things, I listen to a podcast called The Besties, which is uh, two of the McElroy brothers and two of their former co-workers at Polygon, where they talk about games. And when they talk about Hades, they all love it, and they all specifically also mention that they really love the progression systems, because while combat and stuff largely stays the same as you're going through that you can get different weapons and you can get like there 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 is the meta currency that you use to um like up your basic attack damage like up the basic amount of like defense you have normal things but also like I, calling them meta currencies is like strange now but like you can get pomegranates that are like like, make you stronger later. There's um, 
there's this there's a fruit i can't remember what it is but like you get this and you can gift it to people maybe that's what the pom- pomegranates are you gift it to someone and it it's sort of like a stardew valley thing where if you give them enough gifts you unlock new like conversations with them and like mm-hmm. you can romance people <laughs> like it's so weird and cool and there's like so many things going on that do seem like you could go deeper into it but it's a roguelike so i don't know <laughs> yeah so here's the thing i can i ask a couple questions yeah. to get some clarity okay so for me personally like i need there to be a story mm-hmm. some it doesn't have to be like the main thing but like i i like for there to be some kind of storyline in video games that i play mm-hmm. and yeah and it seems to me like with a roguelike the concept is that when you die you go back to the beginning Mm -hmm. and so to me it's one thing if it's just like okay i gotta try again i gotta get past whatever or i need to try a different tactic the whole like personal progression thing that i can understand logically it doesn't really sound appealing to me Mm -hmm. because i don't really like um where you just, like, keep working and working to, like, grinding. Yeah. Yeah, grinding, like, doesn't appeal to me. But then, like, if you try to incorporate some kind of story, right? Yeah. Then it's, like, even more of a loss when you die. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I got so far in the story, and is that how it works? Then, like, you'd have to start over? So most roguelikes just don't have story. Right, but it sounds like Hades does in some way like at least like relationships and stuff like that so right so the way it works it no that stuff does not reset oh like when you die you go back to the main house of hades but and then you keep trying to escape hell and ascending higher and higher but when you die you just go back and everyone like all that stuff is kept oh okay that's what i mean by meta currency like it it is outside of the main loop of the game it's it's consistent i thought when you were talking about that you literally meant like you don't lose all of your money or you don't lose all of your weapons like stuff so it's kind of like that but yeah i didn't explain that very well that's okay that's just why i wanted to ask because to me that would be so incredibly frustrating if it did mean that your Mm storyline was lost although like it still doesn't sound like it really has like a true true Hades I does have a story. Yeah, I mean clearly there's some kind of arc you're trying to escape hell and right. you know, But there's like but... specific like story okay. things that happen as you progress. Sure. Um Enter the Gungeon, everything else every other roguelike I've ever played does not have those. And in fact, some people would say that Hades is not a roguelike that it is it has roguelike elements, but mm-hmm. it's not. Like, some people are purists where if there's anything that carries over, uh-uh, not a roguelike. Right. Um, we watch uh, Game Maker's Toolkit sometimes, and he made a video that he, like, actually redid because in his original video about roguelikes, he's like, didn't even count them, and so many people were like, hey, you're discounting a lot of things, and he actually had to remake his video acknowledging like hey i'm only talking about things that were nothing reset no he actually included some Oh, because he well i part of it was i think he specifically mentioned that he he prefers roguelikes that are kind of pure and so he kind of like treated it as such when he was making this video when he's usually a little more uh flexible flexible or what am i trying to say 
unbiased. He's talking about games. He's talking about, like, design stuff, not necessarily, like, his personal opinions about them. Right. Even if he might mention them throughout the video. So, uh, yeah. Roguelikes. Not Roguelikes. for you. <laughs> not for me. Um, we'll see about Hades. Might get it sometime. It's not an expensive game. It's, like, 20 bucks, I think. We'll see. Um, but, yeah. FTL, Faster Than White, I would say is a good game that is not for me. Because even though it wasn't for me, I still enjoyed it for the brief amount of time that I did. It cost me like three bucks. Uh, the Steam summer or winter sale is coming up soon. It'll, it's $10 normally. It's going to be like probably two fifty then. Yeah, pick it up. Whatever. It's as much as like a mobile game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> this went a bit longer than I expected. That's okay. I don't have any other questions. Nothing? Nothing. Well, That's all I got. I'm tapped out. Mm. All right. Well, good thing, I guess, because next time uh, it is me again. Surprise. And I'm talking about another video game, and that is Batman Arkham Knight, which is a story game. And we'll talk about story. And that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tell me a Imagine. story. I will next time. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we go... Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Sundoku Pod. Uh, we have a new profile picture on there, and soon on air. Actually, by the time this is up, we'll have a new profile picture picture for the podcast. Thanks to Emily, who uh, did not enjoy my Photoshop skills. So, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got new stuff there. Um, haven't been posting it there recently. So we'll have to get on that. We'll have to find something. Um, but other than that, uh, thank you to Velt Punch for the use of their song Fighting Pose from the album His Strange Fighting Pose. And other than that, I think we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We just had a cat catastrophe happen, so...